Al Jazeera podcast. A military coup in Gabon. Celebrations on the street, but a very different reaction globally. The takeover is being condemned by the UN, while China, Russia, the US, and EU all voice concern. So why has there been yet another coup in Africa? What's the response of African states? I'm Mohamed Mjoum, and you're listening to the Inside Story podcast, where we dissect, analyze, and help define major global stories. All right, let's go ahead and bring in our guests. In Libreville, capital of Gabon, is Antoine Lawson. He's a veteran journalist who's reported on Africa and Gabon for more than three decades. In Arusha, in Tanzania, is Stella Agara. She's an analyst on African government affairs. And in Nigeria's capital, Abuja, is Lassan Wedrogo, research fellow at the Center for Democracy and Development there. His work focuses on governance in West Africa. A warm welcome to you all, and thanks so much for joining us today on Inside Story. Antoine, let me start with you today. There was jubilation across Gabon after news of the coup. You are there in Libreville. Where do things stand now? Yes, the situation is very calm after the coup two days before. And the, the new commander-in-chief of the, of the coup, uh, Brice Clotaire, Oligi Gema, is now the president of the transition since yesterday. Okay, everything uh, is starting to be uh, very quiet today, and uh, everything, uh, the business has opened this morning, and uh, they ask all the population to continue to do what they have to do every day. So what is new today? is that the former minister and economist, Mr. Raymond Doncima, tried to speak to the group of military officers today and to ask them it was a good idea to interrupt the electoral process. And they asked them how long they are going to stay in power before they put a civil or uh, Mr. Uh, professor uh, who won the election uh, two days before. So the, the situation is still confused regarding how to lead the country. Because in a response of the coup, the military says that the country is going through several institutional political crises. But now the military does not know how to lead the country. This is the, 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 the more, more important situation now in Gabon. Uh, Lassan, after the coup, we heard expressions of concern and condemnation from the UN, from France, the US, African leaders, Russia, China, and the EU. What does it, what does it mean that there is such rare international consensus on this issue within today's very polarized world? Absolutely. Um, I feel like the international community is caught in this uh, coup, whereby in principle, they have to condemn the coup, but at the same time, it's kind of like, okay, we understand what is going on here. Um, it's as almost as if the coup is coming to relieve people from um, a situation whereby Ali Bongo was to win the election in a, in a very, very controversial manner. And we don't know what could have come out of that election either in terms of uh, post-election violence. But the coup stepped in to actually um, set things back to, 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 to zero, basically. Uh, Stella, uh, General Neguema, who was named as the transitional leader, um, he was head of the presidential guard that had pledged to protect President Bongo. He's also related, as I understand it, to the deposed leader. The fact that such a close aide to President Bongo has now been appointed 
to lead the transition. What message does that impart to those inside and outside the country? I, thank you very much. And I think there are a number of things we need to consider about that appointment. One is the possibility that the more things change, the more they will remain the same. And this is truly dependent on whether Nguema himself is loyal to the deposed president or if he's truly committed to change. Sometimes you could find family members who are in total disagreement with how or why people, their, their family members do certain things. But if he's in alignment, it then means this will be a, a, a coup, you know, in vain. To, so to say. And and uh, the other thing that it says is that there's a possibility that the negotiations that are happening may impact what or the desired change in different ways. For example, for the locals, one of the things that they must do now is to manage their expectations, to stop celebrating and to find a way to communicate uh, their interests and communicate the demands that they had for this change, if this is what they desired, especially uh, uh, evidenced by the celebrations we have seen amongst them. But for foreign nations, it, it may also present an opportunity for, for some of the, the, the foreign nations that have been interfering or at least influencing politics in Gabon to continue working with this gentleman to advance the agenda that they have been advancing in the region. Unfortunately, some of that agenda is not good for, for the country. And so they need to check to ensure that as they transition, this does not find its way into the other side of this conversation once they're able to return to constitutional order, which we kind of hope that they're going to do very soon. Antoine, picking up on some of what Stella just said, um, the fact that General Nguema is part of the elite in Gabon, are there those in Gabon who are worried that this will mean that it's just more of the same going forward? Yes, I think, I think Mr. Nguema is a cousin of the Ali Bongo, the former president, and uh, the, the Bongo era is continued because it's the same family, in fact. Uh, the Bongo has run the have run the country since more than 50 years already. But I think if uh, uh, Brice Clotaire Oli Gingema stay in power again, uh, this means that the era of Bongo continue to lead to lead the country. It's the reason why the Ali Bongo was not killed. Uh, he could have been a kid after the coup, but I think they they they, they found some arrangement and the team. Uh, try to, 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 to avoid the cow in, in, in Gabon. Okay, what is very important is what is going after this coup. Uh, we don't think that uh, military officers are uh, able to, to, to lead the country as maybe uh, the, the, new t the, the former team used to, to do that because there is no minister, everything was, uh, there is no minister, uh, uh, the Senate, everything, it was uh, cancelled in, in Gabon, and uh, the coup leader said the, the president is in uh, uh, is arrested in his uh, residence. And uh, you have seen yesterday, for example, the president uh, uh, was able to send a video on the internet. I think that they they've made some arrangements. Uh, Stella, I saw you reacting to some of what Antoine was saying there, and it looked like you wanted to jump in. So uh, please go ahead. So, so the reason why I was reacting to what uh, uh, he's, he was saying is because we definitely know that, for example, the president got assistance to send out uh, that information if he was under uh, house arrest at the palace by, by the military. 
But more importantly, is the fact that he was calling on individuals outside of the country to, to come out and support him. He was calling on individuals outside the country to make noise. When you start calling on people outside your country to, to make noise, it basically means you do not trust entirely that you have that kind of legitimacy on the ground. And the question is, what contentions do his people have against him? We already know about uh, the, the, the number of years he has been in power, the need for, for, for change of guard in the country, the interests of the country in, in, in ensuring that then their, 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 their own uh, interests are taken care of. But speaking of, of, of uh, calling on people outside the country, there are very many uh, um, foreign governments that have spoken on this matter. There are very many foreign voices that have come in. And when I say foreign, I mean both international and African Union uh, ECOWAS voices that have spoken on this matter. They all have very specific interests. We have uh, governments around uh, this country that are desperately in need of ensuring that this thing that is happening in, in, in Gabon, previously happened in Niger, does not transfer to happen uh, in their countries. We, uh, I was just uh, interacting with some information just before the mm. broadcast about changes that are being made in Cameroon to ensure that then the defense force has a different mm. kind of leadership. So panicking. And then, apart from panicking, there, there is also the sense that this unconstitutional change of government thing is going to become a thing in the continent. We have a lot mm. of dictators. But then there's another group of people who are coming into this conversation, like the government of, of France, who then are protecting their interest in something that most of those countries are fighting against. Right, Lassan, Lassan, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I, I do want to pick up on that point you're making about France and France's relationship with Gabon. But but I also want to go to Lassan and pick up on another thing you mentioned. Um, Lassan, Stella was talking also about the coup that happened just about five weeks ago in Niger. And I want to ask you how different it is what transpired in Niger versus what happened in Gabon. You see, the Gabon coup, there's a lot of, obviously, there's a lot that we don't know yet about the Gabon coup. But what we can also see in terms of a comparison with the coup in, in Niger is that this is more likely a very ceremonial coup d'etat, a coup d'etat whereby, you know, there has not been any internal opposition. And contrary to the coup in Niger, we have not seen people come out in protest holding foreign flags. Russian flags, unlike what we have seen in the Sahel. So basically, uh, the reaction of the Gabonese people was uh, in terms of, uh, okay, now we are getting rid of uh, this dynasty that has been in power for so long, but there's no discourse, at least for the moment, I haven't seen any response from the Gabonese people mm. in terms of, uh, saying, okay, we are defending our interests, we are, we are going to do anything to defend our interests. And if you listen to the appeal that uh, Bongo issued on a video call, he did it on uh, in English, not in French. I understand that Gabon is now part of the Commonwealth, which is also something to consider here. Why is Gabon, a former French colony, a member of uh, the Commonwealth? What has been going on in terms of the uh, Franco-Gabonese relationship to the point where Gabon will seek to join the Commonwealth. So I think if we go back a few years ago when, uh, maybe not a few years, a few months ago when uh, Macron visited Gabon to talk about uh, uh, climate change and everything, the Gabonese people reaction to the arrival of uh, the president of France was also showing signs mm. that there's a disconnection between, or at least there's a departure from uh, 
uh, what we had always known as France Afrique, France in Africa. Lassan, um, let me let so me also ask I, you. Sorry to interrupt, but let me also ask you further about the reactions that we've heard thus far from uh, African leaders and institutions. Uh, you know, on Wednesday, Nigerian President Bola Tinubu, uh, he's the current chair of the West African bloc, ECOWAS. He said he was working closely with other African leaders to contain what he called a contagion of autocracy spreading across Africa. Uh, time after time when these coups happen, and there have been a lot of coups, as we mentioned earlier uh, recently, we see condemnation from African leaders, and we hear talk of proposals to try to, to settle these disputes and end these crises, but not much seems to happen. Why have these institutions and leaders not been more effective? I think that uh, these institutions have failed fundamentally to address the symptoms, the, the reason, the root causes of coup d'etats. They uh, rather come late to address the symptoms when the, the disease is already in. And uh, today it's sad to say it, but it's no longer a matter of uh, uh, what is next. It's We can even say it's a matter of who is next because we see a number of African countries where the situation is not good at all. The, the situation, the governance situation is very bad. And our regional organizations are not reacting to that. They are not pre-reacting um, and saying, look, um, the elections is not going well. Even Tinubu himself it has not been, uh, you know, he has been recently elected, but the election has issues. Fortunately, the Nigerian people took the case to the court. And that is being decided while the president has sworn in to be a president. I think that itself is a very problematic issue mm. that our regional organization, African Union, needed to address. But since we failed to address those, um, what comes next when the military see an opportunity to seize mm. power? And we shouldn't forget that those are also citizens and uh, they, they have families who are members of our communities and they mm -hmm. understand the predicament in which uh, those kind of poor, poor leadership is taking them into. Mm. Uh, Antoine, um, often when news of these coups emerge, there's a lot of talk about democratic backsliding in a volatile region. Uh, I want to ask you if it's fair to mention that in the context of what happened in Gabon, because there had been a lot of allegations that fraud had taken place in the elections over the weekend. Uh, the Bongo family has, has ruled uh, Gabon for 56 years. So is it actually accurate to say that the coup is evidence of erosion of democracy in Gabon? But I don't. I don't think. I don't think so. The, the main problem in Gabon is that the uh, the population is getting poor and poor. This is the population. Gabon is a population of uh, less than two million habitants, and the half of the population is living in the capital Libreville. In the there is nine region in Gabon, but Libreville, the capital, uh, there is about more than uh, around one million habitants in Libreville, and the people are living very, it's very difficult for the everyday living for the families, and uh, they don't understand why there is a group of people in power. They use the money and they spread the money, and uh, they, they, they don't have anything. To eat, for example, because in in Gabon there are some families that don't have uh, more than two dollars a day for the everyday living. You know, the, the country is rich. We have oil, we have uh, wood, and we have uh, some uh, raw material like uh, manganese. But uh, it was possible for 
all the ones we have in Gabon to be able to have a very good country like in Libya, for example. This is, this is, uh, Gabon was one of the, the, the richest country in Africa. Mm. And now we see there is in Equatorial Guinea there is some more development. The population is small, but they have enough money. But the money in Gabon is not distributed very equally to all the sections of the population. This is a problem. People are not glad for it. But they mm. think that this coup maybe can bring something better. But I am not sure because the people, the, the military on the power now, maybe they don't know how to run the country. Uh, Stella, I had interrupted you earlier when you were starting to make a point about Gabon's relationship with France. Uh, Gabon, like Niger, was also a French, uh, former French colony. Uh, Gabon is one of France's closest allies in the region. How much influence is France losing across the region at this point? I'm glad you asked that question, and I'm glad you interrupted me so that this conversation could go around, because I want to pick up from where Antoine has left. Um, Gabon has been led by this family dynasty for over 55 years, and so it, it is not that that is the main trigger now for them to, to get rid of their president. The environment is ripe for a coup because of the other circumstances that are leading to this. We are coming out of a pandemic. We are currently in the, at the center of a global economic recession, and these people have to figure out how to survive. The relationship with France is such that Gabon is one of the nations that has been paying colonial tax to, to, to the government of France up to the tune of 500 billion USD. That is not small money, considering that it's collected from 14 of the poorest nations in the region. Gabon happens to be a, to be a very wealthy country, and I think Antoine has mentioned about their, their wealth in manganese, timber, and oil, etc. And so they're definitely paying a lot out, and yet their people are staying hungry. At some point, when you push an individual and you push a citizen to the wall, eventually there are going to be knee-jerk reactions. And part of the reason why France is losing influence in the region is because all of those countries are beginning to ask, why do we have wealth? Why do we have resources? And we have to pay so much outside. That, of course, would explain why there are military coups. But apart from having military coups, there's resistance also to the voice of, of France asking them about anything or at least taking a moral high ground on their situation. And, and you, you have seen those kinds of situations repeating themselves, even to the point of, of Niger. France is losing influ influence because this thing that they continue to do is an injustice to those countries, even if you are collecting compensation for what you built in a country during uh, well, at the time when you're colonizing them, surely you cannot collect uh, um, um, compensation in perpetuity. Number two is that the influence that has been held over that region has not changed the region in in any way. In any case, it has continued to put these people under abject poverty with people living on less than a dollar or two dollars a day. And of course, that kind of indignity cannot be sustained or accepted by humans for a very long time. At some point, it has to stop. Unfortunately, the people who suffer are the women and the children in the society because coups generally do not recognize the interests of women and children. And many of them do not rise uh, to the top even after a coup. Uh, Lasan, we spoke a little bit earlier about uh, the international condemnation that we've heard thus far from several uh, international actors. Uh, I want to ask you, where do you see this going forward when it comes to uh, the reaction in, in the days, weeks, and months ahead from the international players? And, and is there an international actor that would be able to step in uh, from your vantage point and actually try to resolve any of this? 
I think the international community involvement in Gabon will be purely based on specific interests that each one of those countries have in 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 Gabon. Uh, when the Chinese issue a statement, uh, they condemn the coup, but they do not uh, address the question of the election, whether the election was fair and transparent. Nobody is talking about that, and in that matter, the opposition and the Guinean, uh, the Gabonese people are the losers in this uh, in this story. Um, when the French condemn the coup, they do not condemn it the same energy which they have used to condemn the coups in Niger and elsewhere. When uh, the rest of uh, of the West condemned the coup, including African Union. And, you know, it's just a, a basic uh, way of saying, look, in principle, we do not agree with coup d'etat. But I'm quite sure that all of these international actors are going to find ways to maintain the system. Uh, you know, there will not be a lot of pressure on this military regime to transition quickly toward, uh, uh, to give power to civilians. And if they do that, um, they will also work toward maintaining the same statu quo that allowed the international uh, partners, which I believe are equally liable to the suffering mm. of the Guinean, uh, 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 of uh, the Gabonese people, in as much as uh, they have been involved for many years, mm. working with Bongo Faber and Ali Bongo, it's it's so unfair to the Gabonese people when you think that this nation is extremely rich in natural resources and only has two million people. That is, for God's sake, less than the size of uh, the population of uh, Abuja or Lagos mm. or Ouagadougou for that. So it, it doesn't make sense that with such a small number of people, mm. we are unable to meet the basic needs. And at the same time, you are collaborating with nations that mm. claim to be democratic. It doesn't make any sense. It's just ridiculous. And in, in, Lassan, in international I'm relations... Lassan, I'm, I'm sorry to cut you off, but, but we are very much running out of time. We only have about a minute and a half left. And I just want to give the last word to Antoine, because he is there in Libreville on the ground. Uh, Antoine, please keep in mind, we only have about a minute and a half left. I just want to ask you about the fact that the military is promising stability from your vantage point uh, and from what you're hearing from others in Gabon, do you think that's possible? I think I think it is, it is possible. Yes, you have to be optimist what uh, can be done for the country. But uh, I think that uh, France, uh, President Macron, has to change the way they lead the politics in uh, the uh, African uh, French-speaking countries. This is very important because what they, they are doing in Africa since maybe 50 years uh, to take everything for African community and said don't give nothing in return. This is very important to develop a country. There is something the, the, the French people, the French government has to do, and they know now things are, ch are changing, and what happened in uh, in Niger, in uh, Burkina Faso, everything moved now in Central Africa, in Gabon. Maybe in a few months, in a few years, uh, something will happen in Equatorial Guinea or in Congo. This is... Mm. This is, this is this is certain because this is a very good, a very good position for Africans to, mm. to to make a, a, a politics, and this is not good for for the, the democratic uh, mm. uh, view of the, the African country. This is a, a shame to see that now people cannot live and reserve uh, they are very rich. The country is rich, and people cannot have. There is no student. All the 20, 80 percent of the students. In Gabon, are learning in Europe, 
in, in America, Antoine, in Canada. There Antoine, is no I, university in Gabon. Antoine, I, I am sorry to cut you off, but we have run out of time. Uh, thanks so much to you and all of our other guests, uh, Antoine Lawson, Stella Agara, and Lasan Woodrago. This episode was produced by Dermot Fleming, Cara Legg, Fungi Nguyen, Hannah Shakir, and Jim Gilchrist. Studio Sounders by Yasser Rahmani. The program was edited by Chloe Lee, Khaled Sultan, and Joe DeFrias. Be sure to subscribe to the Inside Story podcast to catch every episode. Thank you for listening. Tune in on Friday for our next episode. This week on The Take, Yevgeny Prigozhin, former leader of the Wagner mercenary group, is confirmed dead. But among Russians, there are conflicting views on what his death will mean for the country. That's The Take by Al Jazeera. Find it wherever you get your podcasts.